Join author and former Vibe Editor-in-Chief Danielle Smith and Black Girl Songbook as she celebrates and uplifts the talent of Black women in the music industry. Tune in for in-depth discussions with your favorite songwriters, producers, and artists, as well as anecdotes from Danielle. Plus, you'll hear the songs of Black women who changed the landscape of American music forever. Check out Black Girl Songbook exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peter. We're your Sound Only co-host, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about coming to America. The second the one. The sequel to coming to The remix. America. You get what they did? Coming number two, America. Yeah. Instead of, instead of T.O. You see how clever... That that is because it's introducing like a new generation to the movie, and also fostering the sense of familiarity and warmth. But also, it basically is doing the same thing, and also imparting the lesson that the newer generation, in some way, always pays for you know the sins of their forebears, the sins, the mistakes, the yeah, wow, wow. wow. Do some more film criticism. No, you're on a roll. No, I'm, like, I'm seriously, actually, keep going. What else? Know. What else you got? I, Cinematography? I, Where you at? You know, I'm, I've, I've was already running on fumes <laughs> at the end of that. You know what? You know what? Listeners, email us as always at soundonlypod at gmail.com. I know we're talking about coming to America this week. I just want to make a side note. Knowing the people, the kinds of people who email us, I, I assume that they will assume of me a conspicuous silence about the release of the video game Persona 5 Strikers, <laughs> the sequel to Persona 5. Rest assured, rest assured, listeners, I have played it. I have completed the game. I completed it on hard mode. It's very good. I could go on for hours about it. However... Micah has incendiary opinions about wow. role-playing games. I do not have... Uh, they are hardly, hardly incendiary. 
hardly incendiary. They are actually, I might describe them as reasonable. Nay, like, you know, maybe even, you know, boring. Because I think that role-playing games just kind of suck. Because you know why? You know why? Because if you are, if if it is a if it is a if it's a game in which there is fighting, in which there is physical action, there's a lot of it, that's you know, naturally kinetic. It's kinetic and the movement of it should be kinetic and the feeling and the and in the act of doing it should feel net like should be like natural and having to role-playing games just make every step feel like ponderous in a way that doesn't feel enjoyable to me. Micah, you literally I, play chess. You know, Micah. I'm not good at it yet anyway. Like, so maybe I should, you know, revisit role-playing games once I have, you know, unlocked Seabert Terox, you know, darker, darker, <laughs> the, 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 the more, the, the finer points of uh, his, uh, his in-game moves, you know? It's... Actually, you know what? It's it's the middle of the game where most of it unfolds that I have to begin to appreciate. I'm beginning to sense that there's a lot of stuff about life that you can learn. <laughs> but and yeah. also from Persona. But you know what? I'll Persona. revisit um, Persona after I have mastered chess in however long that's going to take. Right. Listeners, if you have played Strikers, get at me. I would love to talk about it soundonlypod at gmail.com. However, this week, we are talking about Coming to America. TLDR, this movie is tight. This movie is surprisingly tight for a sequel to a movie that came yeah, out a direct, 30 years ago. a direct sequel oh. to a movie that came out 30 years ago that, you know, succeeded because it like came out on the right platform at the right time. It's unfortunate what happened to Blade Runner 2049. I watched that again recently too. And like, it, there was just kind of like the sense that it was going to be bigger than it was, but it was like, you know, it's a cult movie in the first place. But anyway, this coming to America was like a very enjoyable movie. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about your expert? I feel like, okay, your ex, what were your expectations going into it? Cause I feel like I was more I gassed think for that it. You, you definitely were more, we... I, you know, it was just kind of like, Oh, cool. That's a thing that's happening. It was more so like everybody's like, go watch Dolomite is my name, which uh, I realized is streaming on Netflix. And that movie is also just like so warm and endearing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so weird to me. I get the whole idea. Uh, you know, Eddie Murphy and Dolomite, Dolomite, super vulgar, super, you know, we going to curse and have titties and everything. You're just talking about titties and cursing all the time in that movie. And yet Eddie Murphy in Dolomite is my name is so weirdly wholesome. You know, it feels like, you know, you somehow like despite him being as charismatic and as good looking as he is at like the, you know, he still looks as good as he does. He's just like, he feels, it feels like he's unsure that he can lead a movie even as he's leading a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's totally it. And, it, and it's those, those conversations in Dolomite is my name. Every conversation he has with Queen B, it's just like, it just feels like some raw sort of yeah. self-esteem boost yes. stuff. Even yeah. in this movie. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it. And when they, like, 
Yeah, yeah so you yeah, too. I'm a dolomite. dolomite. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But I to to to, to bring it back to coming to America. I was not like, let me get the. I did for, to, you know, I didn't watch it on the night that it came out. That's how I would characterize it. Right. Um, this movie is if you okay, you think about it as like the original coming to America. You know, to recap for listeners who don't know, either because you're too young or because you, you're not as swaggy as us, you haven't been. Like, I literally, I, I remember one of my favorite memories in life is like, I was on vacation once in, in Cairo. <laughs> wait, I, wait, I literally wait. randomly in Cairo. Wow, you are, you old jet set nigga. All right, cool. Anyway, continue uh, your story. Continue <laughs> your story. In July. I, Cairo wait, I in July. Editor's and, note. Editor's note. As he said, as he, as he said that, note? Justin Charity adjusted his glasses and pulled out a tendril <laughs> of hair. I was in Cairo in July. All right. It, anyway, can July. it? July, not this July. Not no, not, not this was years ago. But like, <laughs> I literally, I spent a week in in Beirut, and I flew to Cairo, and I I had like no, I was like running out of money. I didn't know what I was doing, and I realized I had like a couple friends who lived in Cairo at the time, and I was like talking to them, and I crashed with them, and one of them, they're they're married to each other, and one of them. I don't know what it was. They had like a bunch of DVDs and one of them's like, oh, what is this movie? Coming to America. I've never seen this. And I like flipped out. It's like, <laughs> we are watching Coming to America. And it's just the experience of like being with this friend of mine in Cairo and like forcing them to watch Coming to America is like one of my favorite vacation memories. And it's, it is this sort of, I don't know. It's one of the classic black movies that we will pass down from one generation to the next until the end of time. Um, it is the I don't know. It's like the crowning achievement of the Eddie yeah. Murphy run, right? Even I, it's like trading places to me. I think I like trading places a little bit more Honestly, than coming to America. You know, but somehow coming to America I is have the seen one. both Forty Eight Hours and Beverly Hills Cop way more times than I've seen Coming mm-hmm. to America. Yeah, really. I, okay. You know, I I always say somehow, but it always has happened the same way, which is like the movie stars movie channels in the summer. Like, which is where I remember most of these, the movies from that, of that era from. Yes. Original coming to America, Eddie Murphy, Prince Akeem, Arsenio Hall, semi, you know, Prince Akeem comes to Queens, New York from Zamunda, (laughs) Africa, looking for love, looking for his princess. Um, looking not just for, looking to connect with someone, not just not for not just for a wife. Yeah, he was. It's not a booty, right? It's it's yeah. more, right. It's bigger. Yes, than that. someone it's, to it's, stimulate his mind as well as his loins. <laughs> right, Queen Lisa, Queen Lisa. Um, basically, coming to America to the sequel picks up in Zamunda. Um, Prince Hakeem, Lisa. Sort of bedside as Prince Ikeem's father, King Jaffe Jaffa, played by James Earl Jones, is sort of on his last leg. He's about to die, and they're having this sort of crisis of continuity in the kingdom of Zamunda, where it's sort of, you know, as soon as as Prince Akeem becomes the new king, it's, it's you know, who who is his heir? He has all these daughters now. He's got three daughters. 
He has no sons. And therefore, no no uh, rightful heir. No rightful heir to continue the Joffer line. Because, right. you know, the, the, the crown must be passed to a male um, as the law dictates. Right. And this becomes a crisis not just because of the internal, you know, implications of that, of there being no rightful heir, but it's also Gen- General Izzy. Of Nextoria <laughs> sees this as an opportunity <laughs> to to pounce on the kingdom of Zamunda and to uh, basically knock off the royal family altogether once King Jaffe Jaffa passes and there are no more heirs to Zamunda. And so, yeah. And, and then basically the movie is Prince Hakim realizing that he has a son that he ain't know about. He has an outstanding child support <laughs> case <laughs> of sorts in Queens. Oh, <laughs> in man. Queens. Yeah. That, that he does, in fact, have an adult son uh, whose life he's missed out on. And so once again, he and Simi travel to Queens. And yeah, they, you know, track down, track down Akeem's son and you know everything from there is is that's the movie. Yeah, it's a they bring comedy. back him, you Leslie got... Jones, Tracy Morgan, and the gang, and they all right. Uncle Uncle, Uncle Reem, Uncle Reem, Reem. Uh, Tracy Morgan. Yes, Tracy Morgan and and Leslie Jones as the as, as the parents. Or <laughs> it's like it's like the right. It's like Leslie Jones is Lavelle. You know, Lavelle Johnson is basically. Prince Hakeem's illegitimate son. Um, Leslie Jones' is his mom. The tale of how... The phlebotomist. He, he, and she is... And, yeah, and the phlebotomist. <laughs> and he is, you know, like, he is turning... He literally is turning 30. Uh, Lavelle is uh, kind of yeah. aimless. Yeah, grown, He's grown, grown, grown aimless, right. aimless in his life, looking to kind of steady himself and be done with the struggle that is his 20s and kind of steps unsurely into the next thing. But I mean, like, there's a lot of money involved. So why not? Let's let's go back to it. Let's go back to Africa. Let's let's go to Zamunda. Let's go back to Africa. Uh, And it's, you know, it's a bunch of hijinks. Uh, we don't have to. We you know what we're not gonna go beat for beat because I actually yeah. want to talk about yeah. our feelings. Yeah, well, you can watch I mean, like to America. Yeah, I don't really know why we've done so much talking about the plot because it's not that important. You know, it's you, there's there's some you know tear jerky, some unexpectedly moving stuff. I will admit, but you know, you're really in it for. I don't know. Maybe Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is Wesley well, that's Snipes what I was going to say, incredible. right? Because both in both this and Dolomite, yo, yeah, and Dolomite, he's, he's very so good, good, good Dolomite. at Dolomite. He's, he, but, but that's the thing, right? I think coming into Coming to America, too, especially because I watched them out of order. I watched Coming to America. I watched this sequel, and then I went back and watched uh, Dolomite is my name, right? And I think when you and I were talking before, like right when the Coming to America sequel dropped. I think we both had this sense of, okay, we're going into another one of the late career mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy movies, right? And, you know, I think an important thing about the original Coming to America, um, I think even more than the the sort of big 
earlier Eddie Murphy movies is that coming to America feels like an ensemble thing. It feels like a thing that is just, it's, it's both Eddie Murphy at his biggest and yet it's bigger than Eddie Murphy, you know? And well, this is the compilation album stage of his, like of, of his like comedic, theatrical run i guess like it's just like we're getting every single movie i'm getting everybody like all i'm getting the entire family together (laughs) yeah yeah and that's i think that's the quality that i forgot and i and i would have been more ready for if i had watched dolomite is my name first right because in coming to america the sequel you get 10 minutes into it and you're like oh right there are a lot of people who are who are all who are sort of standing with Eddie Murphy and carrying mm-hmm. this movie. And so all of your fears about it being, oh man, this is this is a, a sort of 30 years too late sequel to a movie that is sort of you can't really compare to the original coming to America. And then you have James Earl Jones snapping 10 minutes in the yeah. movie. You're like, oh shit, this cast can do this. Like it's not just about, oh, what are what are Eddie Murphy's comedic capacity at this stage in his life? It's Oh right, every funny black person, but then also Colin <laughs> Jost is in this movie, and they might Sitting pull this other desk. And the thing is that, yes. um, what I was gonna say was that I guess you're kind of expecting like the the Jimmy Got Soul moment from Dream Girls where he pulls his pants down on the, on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> 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 girls it is. <laughs> but got me a Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac. Yeah, but it's just um, that best song on the soundtrack. We ain't got to talk about it. Step into the okay. All right. Anyway, man, we're not gonna. No, no, Cadillac car. Both in the original Dream Girl score from Broadway and in the movie. The movie version is even better than the original Cadillac car. We ain't got to talk about it. We ain't got to argue about it. Continue. Wow. Um. I mean, like, honestly, we do a whole episode you know, about we're going to, we we're just going to, calendar, we're just Erica. gonna, I'm going to put a pin in that. We're going to return to it at, uh, you know, whenever it is that we have time to argue for a very long time about that. But, um, what you're actually getting is, yeah, like, it's just everybody kind of helping each other and enjoying, like, it's like, there's, I think. There's a there's like a there's a particular sort of vibe where it's um you remember like the first diner like the first diner scene in Dolomite is my name where it's him Craig Robinson and like Mike Epps uh sitting sitting at the table and they're all just kind of like dumping on him for like five straight minutes it's just it yes. feels yeah, like there's moments yeah. of spontaneity that obviously weren't written down before the filming started and it was just like a bunch of uncles kind of just having a really good time together <laughs> and they're just like you know what nigga that's funny let's put that in there we're going we're going <laughs> yes yeah no that's the thing it's it just i don't know the the spirit of the sequel is so collaborative it's so again i was just genuinely surprised by how much momentum this movie had and Again, it's not, I won't say it's exactly the same. Like, I feel like just even the first five minutes of the original Coming to America is, is like raunchier than anything that happens in the sequel. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I do think that maybe adjusting for some like shift in comedic sensibilities from 
30 years ago versus now. I do think that it's just a surprisingly confident movie for like pot belly Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy in this movie is 59 years old. And I don't know, just the sense of momentum this movie has despite. And again, it's, it's, it's a lot of the original cash. You know what I mean? It sort of has that sense of, I think that's the other thing you worry about too, is just sort of like, I don't know what is, what's, you know, what is Arsenio going to bring to the table? You know, how much can these dynamics, how much can these character dynamics really hold up? Not just in terms of writing the sequel, but just in terms yeah, of these Yeah, like actors, how much would know? they realistically grow in 30 years? Like, seems yeah. to have at least been, a, a, like, you know, they. it seems like they considered it before yeah. making it, which is... uh I guess the thing that helps it feel so confident. Yeah. And the, well, okay. So what do you think about, so there's like, so far as the, the part of the movie that's about Prince Akeem's son, uh, uh-huh. Lavelle Johnson, obviously Lavelle's a new character. Um, Uncle Reem. So that's Tracy Morgan is new. Mary, uh, as uh, Lavelle's mom, that's Leslie Jones is new. I think that's the other surprising thing is that the new the new shit actually stacks up surprisingly well against the stuff that's, you know, the series of callbacks to the older movies, like the barbershop guys. She's Leslie so Jones. Fun. Like the, the first the first series just kind of like she's just kind of like, there's no way. Like you can't be my dad. Like, you know, I didn't. And she's just like, you know, he might you you are <laughs> Yeah, you well, yeah, he you might you might be. Y'all y'all know I was home. I, y- y'all know I was home. I was Y'all know I was home. Yeah, we should say y'all know I was home. That's one of her just, best early y'all, lines. Y'all like, y'all know I was home. She's just like, I was, you know, I should have been so I was giving it away. I was just I was laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everything, I, yo, I'd never I'd never even really been checking for Leslie Jones like that. I know there have been like 10 you know, I feel like there've been like ten SNL well, related yeah, controversies been, about well, Leslie Jones plus, that I totally checked out the, on. Uh, I never plus, really checked for. Was it, it the Women's know. World Cup controversy where she was? Or no, I think she was. Who was that? Which was it? Or did she go to the Euros? I can't remember which soccer tournament it was, but she no, it obviously wasn't the Euros because she went with an American jersey on and had this, the flag and like, she just was loving it and tweeting all the time. And then suddenly like there was some controversy surrounding it where she was just getting the ugliest of used online. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, this, I mean like this proof, like this, <laughs> she's so much fun in this movie. <laughs> yeah. She, she, and then it's just like her, her dynamic with Tracy Morgan, right, is is like, I don't know, the, these sort of caretakers that's, that go with Lavelle to Zamunda. They just have that perfect, you know, black family that you can't take yeah. nowhere. They just, they do that vibe yeah. really well. <laughs> they do that really just kind of well, like, man. you know. And tra- he's like, he's wearing, Uncle Reed wearing jerseys Yeah, yeah it's just kind of like, if she, it's just, they're always just pushing everybody just a little bit further and then I'm going to stop. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just think it's, it's such a good black ensemble it's, comedy. It's, it really, is. It really <laughs> That's is. That's really what it is. And again, it's like, I, 
now that now that I also went back and watched Dolomite is my name, it's sort of I guess yeah, that movie has a lot of the same thing, right? Where it's just sort of by the end of it, I don't know, you almost feel like you watched a family <laughs> movie. <laughs> Even though it's a movie about Rudy Ray Moore, you just like, yeah, it's like seriously, because like she, like when they, when she, when they yeah. take each other arm and arm and they're like skipping across the street. And and the sun is shining and like it's wonderful. And they're lolling their heads about, but they're singing. I would suck, she would suck, we would suck together. Yes. Yeah, this is, it, together, <laughs> together. It's, it's honestly yes, it does feel like you've watched a family movie, despite there having been like a fifteen-minute <laughs> sequence when they were filming, like a surrealist uh, sex scene. <laughs> Uh, yes correct oh god that yeah it's so good. so good especially like um, in the moat like the the entire like the the entire lead up to that like how he needs to be talked up to being like hey you're still like you know you had sex before you could do it on camera for you know like <laughs> but that's i mean like obviously that's the crux of the argument but it's you know more yes. flowery and loving language than that well, well, i will note I, i'll note that like we're, we're both talking at this point about the coming to america sequel as well as dolomite is my name which are obviously the two most recent eddie murphy movies and i understand why because in a lot of ways uh I, they really feel similar right they're they're similar both like i said in that sort of ensemble feeling but they're also similar in the sense of they're just really surprisingly, disarmingly good late career Eddie Murphy movies. And so, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should just talk about Eddie Murphy in general. Like, let's just talk about Eddie Murphy movies, the thing that makes Eddie Murphy movies Eddie Murphy movies, apart from just the guy himself. Like, what makes Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy? Why does he still have it? And what is it? You know, let's talk about that. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So charity, like it's kind of difficult to go. We can't go through Eddie Murphy's film career beat by beat together because I don't really remember his movies that way. Just like, I mean, like I remember the high notes, but it's more so like a stream of movies that just kind of pass on certain network channels on TV throughout your childhood. Yeah, this this might be a generational thing with us too. Cause I, I think of the two people I think of like this, right, are Spike mm. and Eddie Murphy, where it's just like there's a sense in which you just have absorbed these movies yeah. for your entire life. You know, and you know you've watched them, and you know you've watched them yes. multiple times. And yet they almost they almost blend together into a singularity. The, the Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy singularity. singularity. The Spike Lee the singularity. Eddie Murphy singularity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And 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 that's impressive too because I actually think the Eddie Murphy film career phases like each phase is so different. And I think maybe I think about his movies more like that. I think about the different phases of his career more than I think about like you know, I think about the golden child in right. a vacuum, right? I more so think about like the period of Eddie Murphy's stardom when he made the golden child. Um yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is about Eddie Murphy. It's sort of, I guess, the first look. The first phase of his career is just hot Eddie yeah. Murphy, right? Well, I mean, to me, yeah, it's, it's just, just like, kind of like you got them cheekbones see, and you got exactly, the leather jackets. It's the, it's the, like Eddie Murphy, <laughs> you know, uh, red patent leather, homophobic. I can say anything I want and get away with it because you'll forgive me because look at my face era of his career. <laughs> <laughs> is like in the eight, yeah. That's hot. Eddie Murphy is yes, yeah, and and he's like so. You just sort of struck by how young he looks, like from the yeah, from like forty eight hours through Boomerang. Really, it's just like oh, this guy, this is the hottest black shit. This dude is super young for what he for how big he is. I don't know. And like, that's the, that's the, that's the part of Eddie Murphy's career. I think more than anything else that feels like the singularity, right? Where you're just like, this guy yes. had a streak. This dude was on. Um, and I don't know. I I do think that, the, I, you know what? I know we're talking about coming to America this week. I think the best movie of that, I, I will say this too. I think the sort of black Gen Xers will tell you that Boomerang is Eddie Murphy's mm -hmm. best movie from this period. I think it's Trading Places. Mm -hmm. uh, Ackroyd, Murphy, I think it's Trading Places. That movie just has like... We've also talked before, I think in a, one of the earlier episodes mm -hmm. of our podcast together, about race comedy. And I think I really just like the race comedy of Trading Places. You know, I think like my... The the Eddie the, the Eddie Murphy movies that I'm most familiar with are Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours. Like... Yeah, 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 and you know, like I was saying, like it's just I, the Eddie Murphy opposite, like you know, cantankerous old white dude, <laughs> is kind of like the is kind of what I said about uh, what I understood about him from that era of movies until like maybe after college when I was like revisiting all those movies. 
uh, like when he was um, like Harlem Nights. Like I didn't watch mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. until like after college. Uh, Trading Places. You know, I actually still haven't seen Trading Places. Oh, you gotta watch Trading. We, we have gotta, to do like we some gotta, sort of we, you watch know, Trading we Places. We just might need to do that. <laughs> we we do might something. need to do that. Trading Places maybe like top movie. Just <laughs> I love that movie so much. Uh, you have to watch. You have to watch Trading Places. This is unforgivable. Oh man, that like I mean, you know, as ever, my blind spots are surprising. But yes, um, this era, this is the the era of hot Eddie Murphy, right? And then you get through. We, okay, we're basically talking about like nutty professor era Eddie Murphy. I think right? you know what it is. You know what we should call this? We should call this. Uh, we should call this probably like oh, it's something to do with movie magic and latex because this is like it, I'm yeah, using yeah. I'm using a false belly i'm going to use wigs and all this other stuff like i mean more of the i'm a cart like i'm a cartoon cartoon character character. there's (laughs) more of uh like him you know using prosthetics and putting it like hiding how good looking he was underneath stuff like he did in you know the barbershop and coming to america there's a lot more of that from this era in his in this era of eddie murphy filmmaking what do you, but what do you think about it? like I I will say that and I don't even think this is an uncommon opinion. It's just that the nutty professor, right? And you get into this with Doctor Doolittle too. Um, I think Doctor Doolittle is less extreme, but the nutty professor. I just think that all of that, again, that over the top, um, him doing all these different characters, him sort of covering himself up, it's so off putting, you know. And it's sort of, it's one of those things that, yes, I kind of get the point. I kind of get that he's going for a particular kind Uh of comedy where being off-putting is the point, actually. But I just remember being a kid and watching The Nutty Professor and watching Dr. Doolittle and just feeling like, I don't know, the sense of... Does Eddie Murphy not want me to watch his movies? Like, why are these movies? Fe- they felt so aggressively. Yeah, it, it, it. You know, more than Eddie, more than movie magic. It's like this phase is Eddie Murphy doing a bit. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. That's doing what a it bit. is. Every movie felt like Eddie yeah. Murphy doing a bit, <laughs> and I don't, I don't love the bits. And, and like, I mean, it's really um, just like Eddie Murphy doing a bit, and the voices were, the voices were so parody annoying that they kind of just bore, like, bore the the one liners from these movies into your brain. Like, you didn't. It's like I the, mean, I was just kind of like, listen, I know you got Riz back there, so give him up smooth. I'm coming. <laughs> Like it's like you know, I don't care. I'm ready to die. Is is like also another thing that I remember from these movies. It's just kind of like this is also like kind of like a soundboard era, like for him too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. Soundboard soundboarding is a good way to put it. I also just think about the Nutty Professor. It's just um, I like to think that just in general in American comedy. This is the high point of like, flatulence yes. humor, and I just have never it's liked really that kind of like, thing. You know, you know? Ex- it's just yeah, way too I, much. It's I really do like. It's just kind of like I enjoy physical comedy as next as the next as much as the next man. But 
like the yeah, it's just kind of like the fart comedy mixed with like the weird sort of fisheye Matilda camera angle stuff. It was just it just never yeah. stuck. Yeah, it was just like eh. yeah. Eddie Murphy and Jim Carrey together were doing a lot of this. <laughs> they were doing a lot, in my opinion, to sort of drive that kind of that style of comedy into the ground a little bit by this point. In you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, so you get like Mulan, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you get Shrek, Eddie Murphy. Uh, but then you get Dream Girls, Eddie Murphy. Who? Okay, and, and this is weird because again, we're talking about like the part of Eddie Murphy's career where he is both. He's like at once. At one point, the he's kind of bigger than even his begin because the Nutty Professor and Doctor Doolittle, like those movies, are just so big even though they're not nearly as good as the earlier Eddie Murphy stuff. And then you get him in like Shrek, right? He's donkey in Shrek. But then I think the most maligned movie of the late period here is, well, I mean, first you get shit like Norman, right? And then you randomly get Eddie Murphy in Dreamgirls. We don't even have to dwell on Norbit. People, we don't have to dwell on the movies that everybody has kicked. Everyone has panned. I do want to relitigate Dreamgirls a bit because I love Dreamgirls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like that's a movie that that people generally. I feel like critics did not I like. Get, I like. I, I, I have I a love soft Dream spot Girls. for. Fuck y'all! It's Dreamgirls is a um, great movie. It's well, the thing about Dreamgirls is I feel like people don't like the original Broadway musical Dreamgirls, and yeah. they don't like the movie, and I don't know why. In either case, because I think the the music, at least from the original Dreamgirls and from the movie. It's, is great. Wonderful. It is uh, like, you know... It, except the Beyonce song. I don't like that shit. It's, I'm sorry. It, it it's really true. I don't is, really like the Beyonce. You know, yeah. remember how you described Kendrick Lamar's rapping as athletic or damn? I always liked that descriptor. Her performance of that of the song in that, and that is kind of, you know, athletic. Where it's... Anyway, can, we'll... Can, <laughs> Listen, we really record, we like, like we love, we Dream. love, I, mean, I, and I love the cast recording of Dream Girls. I will say that. Beyonce, don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm, I can't Michelle, believe that hello. I, like, you know, I can't <laughs> believe that ninjas haven't already come down on ropes. <laughs> but, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like you get, no, you know what? I think Norbit might be after Dream Girls. I don't know. It, the point is just that, like, there's obviously this stretch of Eddie Murphy's career where he is just making stuff that is either, no, it's like increasingly off putting, right? He goes from being hot Eddie Murphy to being kind of deliberately grotesque Eddie Murphy doing a bit constantly. Um, but also, Donkey <laughs> from Shrek. <laughs> And I don't know. Well, man. I mean, like, like it's that's, also that's, that I mean, obviously you can't exactly lump, uh, you know, Donkey from Shrek into that because Donkey from Shrek is part of like an a different like. There's kind of you know, there's a late era to this period that is just like family movies. And yeah. like, you know, there's, a, it was kind of like, you know, Eddie Murphy was doing this, but then Ice Cube was better at it. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Mm, that is a good point. Because you're right. It's it's sort of Ice Cube kind of boxed out at the same time. Ice Cube boxed out Eddie Murphy, but also oh, Martin Lawrence. You're right. Because Martin you're Lawrence right. did Black right. Knight. Remember Martin Lawrence did? I remember I saw Black Knight in theater. Worst movie I've ever seen I in my call fucking this life. Black the Knight Rope starring Martin Yeah, Lawrence. it was like it was it was a pretty bad movie. <laughs> but that is the thing. You're right. It's like Ice Cube boxed out both Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence in that lane of like, you know, th- they were hot and now they're trying to pay <laughs> some bills. <laughs> they got some expensive houses and they're trying to pay some mortgages. And so they're doing these goofy family movies. And yeah, I just don't think that shit ever stuck. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's like you, then we just sort of boomerang to the current period, right? Of Dolomite is my name coming to America And I think in both of those cases, right, I think there was maybe, you know, you get the New York Times magazine, like, let's do the career retrospective on Eddie Murphy. He's he's, you know, it's he's vintage now. Right. But I don't I don't feel like when Dolomite is my name came out like it was a huge thing. And that's if anything, that's sort of why I wasn't in that much of a rush to watch it. Right. It's sort of the Eddie Murphy kind of snuck back into the building is maybe how I'd put it. Yeah. Um, because again, it's Dolomite, right? You you say you're making a biopic about Dolomite. It's easy to look at Dolomite just as Dolomite, <laughs> and to look at the and to look at black exploitation, right? And go, oh, of course Eddie Murphy is going to make this movie. It's it's of a piece with the kind of again the the more off putting stuff he started doing in the middle of his career. Um. Not off-putting in, in the sense of offensive, like his like raw, yeah. like early career. Off-putting, though, in the sense of being kind mm-hmm. of tacky, you know? Being confidently tacky. And to me, it was just like, oh, am I going to watch this Dolomite movie and basically think, like, I don't know. Is it is it going to feel too much like the stuff from Eddie Murphy mid-career that I just always thought was a little too gross, mm. you know? And instead, it just feels super heartfelt. And it feels, I don't know, it. there's something about Dolomite is my name, right? That feels like it's more to the point of what Eddie Murphy is maybe trying to gesture at when he does something like The Nutty Professor. You know what I mean? It, well, because I, it's, it's like, it's, you know, this is just kind of, it's, it's as though, like, you know, I'm going to start a joke from... I'm that era of movie is like, I'm so good. I can start from the punchline of a joke and work backwards. And this is like, yeah. you know, I feel like a punchline and I need to feel like the man again or whatever. Like, it's like, there's these sorts of these movies feel like just movies, not necessarily about, uh, Rudy, Ray Moore, King, Hakeem, Jaffer, but like maybe Eddie Murphy kind of exercising some stuff at some points. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I guess is like what makes it feel slightly, like I mean, what gives it like slight, what makes it feel slightly more heartfelt. I agree with that. And it, I think it helps that you know, you kind of have to watch Dolomite. And I, I think in retrospect, it, it does help to watch them as a double feature, right? Because Dolomite in Coming to America, I mean, they share a lot of cast, right? Like Snipes is... And it, it, to me, it's like when you watch Snipes and Dolomite and then you watch him in Coming to America, 
you watch Lunell in Dolomite, then you watch Lunell in Coming to America, and there's this sense of, oh, there's a reason why, there's a reason why it feels like there's just straight up continuity in the cast of these movies, right? There is a sense in which you can watch them and feel like you are watching the Eddie Murphy cinematic universe sort of prop Eddie Murphy back up. Right. And I think that's very different from when you watch, you know, Dr. Doolittle or Mulan or Shrek, where it felt like, you know, the, the thing that was happening during that era is that I think it felt I more and more. I think I stream that as okay. Because, like, it's like Dolomite is really like, you know, they work as a double feature because it's like that movie is like him getting the band back together. And then this is just kind of like, hey, the studio gave us more money. We're gonna go to Africa and put and, and put a McDonald's yeah, in the middle yeah. of a dirt patch. <laughs> Sorry, McDowell's. Yeah. McDowell's. Um, I need to I need to make sure that there is right. that distinction. Not a, not a it's a McFlur- it's a it's not a McFlurry. It's a um McFlurby. 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 Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. Um yeah, the band is back together. I agree with that assessment. And yeah, that's why it, it is sort of like we're, I don't know, we're, I'm, we're thinking through Eddie Murphy's career, but yeah, it's sort of you get to the end, you get to these two most recent movies and the thing that feels so illuminating about them is that they really do, they are a group, it's a group rehabilitation yeah. yes. project. You yes. know what I mean? Like it's why, it's why you can, why you can be sort of, you can be impressed with Eddie Murphy and come to, coming to America or Dolomite and yet come away being like, I think Wesley Stipes might be the greatest American actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I kind of thought that oh, in both movies. It is, like, is Wesley Stipes the, the greatest American actor? So, what, like, seriously? I like. I had the exact same thought. I had the exact same thought at the end of at the end of Dolomite when they are doing the beat for beat reenactment of like. Uh, the final shootout scene from uh, the original movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's contorting his face and like putting like those 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 big ass pensive pauses in between lines <laughs> and taking swings from the flat. It's just so it's so funny. He's so good in that movie. God. Yes, he's playing totally different characters in those two movies, and yet both of them are just <laughs> so on point. But especially in Dolomite. Um. I don't know. Now we talk yeah, about Wesley Snipes instead. Let's we should talk about because I think I think one of the important things about <laughs> coming to America the sequel is the cameos. Like I really think that the the cameos in that movie really lend a lot of momentum, like comedic momentum <laughs> to yes. that movie. Yes, they absolutely uh, do. Let, maybe we can go out talking about those. Michael, I'll say the style of cameos in this movie is very, it, it's a lost art style of cameos. There is a cameo, there is a surprise, a genuinely delightful, surprising cameo, celebrity cameo in this movie, like once every seven minutes, which feels like a very 80s, 90s thing. It feels like a very 90s black comedy thing. Am I bugging? No, 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 no. It, it definitely, definitely is a 90s black comedy sort of rapid fire uh you know 
sort of thing. Like immediately after we've advanced the story, like, you know, two spaces, we are going to introduce Morgan Freeman. No, actually, you know what it is, is that like the, 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 the funeral for uh, King Jaffe Joffer, James Earl Jones, like is the inverse of the bar scene from the first, from the first movie. Cause I mean, like, uh, I mean, plus Gladys Knight and Morgan Freeman, because like salt and pepper are there doing, doing push it. Um, wait a minute. Who else is in the ensemble? Uh, like that 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 does like mid that weirdly ecstatic version of midnight <laughs> train George, yes yeah take us instead <laughs> um but yeah i mean like it definitely is a um it feels like of a time period like the 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 way that these characters are introduced yeah and it it feels like that more than anything else maybe is why the momentum of the Coming to America sequel feels like it, it picks up so immediately on how the original movie worked. You know, it, it's so, I think the cameos really do give it that sense of, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a, it's a dated swag, you know, it, it's that, that really is what it is, right? Like the, it's, it's a genesis quoi, you know, it's not just about, because think about it. Otherwise you're looking at, Old man Eddie Murphy. You know, it's, it's a, not it's the a, same. It's a Kangol hat and a Visco shirt, but it looks good, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it works. Um, I, I will say the fondness I have for this sequel, the fondness that I have for the original Coming to America, it feels kind of diametrically and i've never even actually looked up the word diametrically. you're trying to you're trying to um you're trying you're literally trying to emphasize the draw the, a contrast the the the, 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 the finer clear the, the the finer clerical points of your of your sentiment <laughs> of the dissimilarities in the thematic resonance of the and the fourth to America coming, sequel. and the fourth Space coming, Jam. Space the Jam second one, sequel. you know, it's Space just, Jam two. Uh, well, because it, it, people are talking about that for like, frankly, weird reasons about uh, Lola Lola Bunny not being hot, and I don't know what's going on with y'all. I, please don't keep me. I don't want to know what's going on with the okay. furries. And I think that you need to be honest with yourself. No, 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 Do you want to explain it? No, no, no. You be honest with yourself. What your reaction to No, 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 no. You sound like the damn wheel of fortune. When you first watched Space Jam. And I mean, like, it is a weird thing that they did with the Lola Bunny character. Yes. 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 You mean the original? You asked me in back in the uh-huh. day what my reaction uh-huh. was. I thought she, I mean, she's cute, but it's, I don't know. Like, listen, I am not like, again, check it. You know what podcast you're listening <laughs> to. This is sound only, okay? <laughs> I am not above oh my being God. inappropriate while talking about cartoon characters. Please believe it. But Lola Bunny, I, maybe I was just whatever. The I will okay to care, to like also, to, to summarize exactly what it she's was that cute, happened is that but like, like you know <laughs> that disc- they made Lola Bunny regular. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, man. They made her regular. 
Oh, you are <laughs> you are disgusting. Oh, you no, are I'm, weed no. trash. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like it is. I am not saying that it is not like a that it wasn't a weird react, but it was a weird thing to animate it that way, <laughs> like to put it in a children's movie. It was, yeah, I agree with you. The idea so that naturally they- somebody might develop opinions of, uh, on it, but the thing is that like what I will say is that I do not have such strong opinions about it that i would put them on the internet yeah but since you brought it up but it is i will say your your original point is fine that like it is weird that the people who made space jam made a point of bringing the who framed roger rabbit jessica rabbit energy to space jam that yeah that was a weird that was a weird children's movie yeah Yeah, that was a that was a strange choice (laughs) however the main thing I think about with something like Space Jam is like that that's another movie that kind of has to do the same thing that a coming to America 2 does, right? Where one, you're compensating for a massive passage of time from when the original thing happened. Um, although in this case you're talking about a kid's movie and the premise is just a lot looser and sillier than something like Coming to America. But two, you know, a lot of the magic of the original Space Space Jam is not it's not just you know, Michael Jordan and, and Bugs Bunny, right? It's it, There's more of this sort of teamwork ensemble, like, oh, yeah, like, Muggsy Bowes in this movie. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, the bathroom scene, like, the random... Keith Van yeah. Horn. Yeah, there's, ra- there's so many random people in this movie. And that's the kind yeah. of thing that the Coming to America sequel nails, where you're just like, oh, those magic moments of the little the little cameos, the little moments that that make the movie in its roundabout way, feel bigger than just, oh, Michael Jordan is the star of this movie. You know? Yeah. I just don't have the same kind of confidence in LeBron James and Space Jam 2 that, you know, he's no Eddie Murphy. LeBron James. <laughs> he's no Eddie Murphy. Although, like, in in Trainwreck? Trainwreck? I hadn't seen that. I think it that was, was Amy. That was Amy Schumer. Yes, but he was like opposite Bill Hader. So, I mean, like, how can you not kind of like succeed there? But like LeBron James, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say that, like, you know, I'm going to say that Chris Paul couldn't do this movie. And I, the, yeah, you don't know. What that I do. Means, I mean, I know Chris. Like, Paul. like come on. I, I, OK, I feel you. I follow you to your conclusion. Are you, wait, no, man. Like, I'm sorry. Did I? Am I? Am I? Did I strike a nerve? No, I'm listen. Sorry. Like, listen, we can be real about my deficiencies. You know. You know, but yeah, I. I, I mean, like, I'm with you. I do not hold a lot of hope or excitement for a Space Jam two. And the looted, the Toon Squad jerseys are trash. Like, that's that's all you really need to know about it. All you have to do, realistically. Realistically, Michael, for me, right? Because I don't care about the hot bunny lady that the internet is mad about. The only thing you really have to do to make Space Jam 2 a success, at worst a wash, you got to nail the soundtrack. The original Space Jam soundtrack, frankly, stuck with me a lot longer than the movie did. Lightning strikes, the court lights get dim, supreme competition is about to begin above the rim. Like, come on. 
That soundtrack, Basketball Jones. You hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. And I hit him low, hit him low, hit him I low. I got a Basketball Jones. This is like, it's just like, we we basically are just saying that you cannot, just don't. I they're going to make all the, du- the thing is, they're going to make the, they're going to do the, the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack strategy of, uh, Yachty, old as hell, but like at the, but I mean, like, really, it is like, don't make it industry like the, plant, you know, soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. QCX Augie, <laughs> the, 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 uh, <laughs> the, the, the album plus, plus Playboy Cardi. Like, it's just like, there's gonna, I, I just, it needs to be like a little bit weirder than that. Um, but you know, it won't be. So I don't even know if it's going to be exactly like when LeBron James and Travis Scott jointly produced like a 2K soundtrack, or maybe it was NBA Live. I can't remember which, but yeah, you know, like the movie, I don't hold much uh, hope for the soundtrack. The soundtracks and the cameos, that's really all you need if, if coming to America taught us, you know, I think that's all we got this week. Listeners, you can email us at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about the pod. Tell your friends to email us. You can email me about Persona 5 Strikers. Like I said at the top, I think it's a great game. I did not expect to like the shift in combat style as much as I did, but I think they preserve some stuff about the sort of, you know, the Atlas game fundamentals. Michael, what do you want people to email um, you about this You week? can... You know, you us both yeah, about Eddie email Murphy. Email us both about Eddie Murphy. Email me about the Samurai Jack video game, which is on sale on PSN Network. Um, you can alternately email me about the return of Megalobox. Yes, this is weeb culture hardcore, but you, um, weeb. you know, it's just the 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 vibe currently, right? So, yeah. I know we ain't. I know you ain't talking about some this Persona Five. The uh, not the Apex, one that don't like whatever the, the whatever the, <laughs> the sequel was. That is the problem. Like the games do get released, and then they have spinoff games. Yeah. You playing like Persona Four, Dancing All Night, <laughs> Atlas Edition, Gold and Silver Platinum, Double Rock on the side of the road. Um. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, like, it's, it's literally like, like okay. I mean, you're those Japan originated role play games are basically titled like Southern Baptist churches. <laughs> Am I wilding or is that yeah. like, yeah, not okay? All right, I'm just wanted yeah. to make sure I wasn't totally off base with that. No, so yeah. it is gonna, all right, all right, cool. I'm Justin Charity. <laughs> <laughs> And unfortunately, I am still Micah Peters. And we have a lot to talk about via email. Email us. We'll see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.